بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه مباركا عليه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد والله ولي المؤمنين وقال تعالى الله ولي الذين آمنوا صدق الله العظيم الحمد لله today we continue on the hikam of Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari his aphorisms, his wisdoms so may Allah have mercy on him he says ليخفف ألم البلاء عليك علمك بأنه سبحانه هو المبلي لك It's a really really profound idea this is ليخفف ألم البلاء عليك علمك بأنه سبحانه هو المبلي لك فالذي واجهتك منه الأقدار هو الذي عودك حسن الاختيار فالذي واجهتك منه الأقدار هو الذي عودتك حسن الاختيار what does that mean? The first part seems to be a bit more simpler than the second part. What he means is that to soften for you the suffering of affliction. He has taught you that he is the one who causes the trials to come upon you. So in the last session, in the last aphorism, uh, Ibn Ata'illah had said, لا تستغرب وقوع الأقدار ما دمت في هذه الدار فإنها ما أبرزت إلا ما هو which basically meant so long as you are in this world don't be surprised at the existence of sorrows for truly the world manifests nothing but what is in keeping with its character and its inevitable nature the nature of the world is to include suffering so now he's going to the next level and he's saying I'm going to tell you a way to soften the suffering firstly you needed to get your perspective right which was that, why is there suffering? For you to even seek a world without suffering. When we say suffering, is we don't, we're not here to suffer. And suffering is not our objective. And when we do not actively cause anybody to suffer. But suffering will come. Even if it's a, some, something simple as losing someone. How many people have been lost in COVID? Nearly everybody knows somebody who's been either afflicted, just afflicted, or who have either passed away. And if not through COVID, through other means. That's a suffering. That's a suffering on its own. So even if you have a child or a loved one and they are traveling and you have to suffer their, you know, when you miss them, their departure, their being away from you, that's suffering. So suffering is going to happen, but we don't cause suffering, actively cause suffering, and we're not here to suffer. But suffering is part of this. So he got that perspective right, that there will be suffering. Now the second part he is saying is that I'm going to try to make it easy on you. And this is, obviously he's doing this through his experience. And this is all part of his understanding of the absolute tawheed and oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I said, this book is actually a book of tawheed, once we understand it. Because he's saying now, you need to understand why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends suffering. And that will then provide you some facilitation and some ease. 
and alhamdulillah bring it on you know because we know that suffering will be inevitable difficulties and setbacks shortcomings uh, will be inevitable uh, and tests and trials do happen and we do face uh, sometimes an uphill climb in doing something so anything that can help us with that that's wonderful and the reason i'm so excited about it is because i've seen people who have kind of realized this and they just don't have the same reaction, the same negative reaction to a lot of other people who don't know the nature of what suffering is about or what the purpose of it is about and where it comes from. So Ibn Ata'illah, may Allah bless him, rahimahullah, is literally just telling us that, look, this all this suffering comes from one source. It comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's why he's saying to soften for you the suffering of affliction. He has taught you that he is the one who causes the trials to come upon you. For the one who confronts you with his decrees of fate is the same who has accustomed you to his good choice. That's the second part. This is aphorism Hikmah number 105, which is on page 191 of the commentary. Page 191 of the commentary and it's Hikmah number 105. So with the second part, the first part is quite simple that he's telling you that it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second part is saying that just remember that the one who's confronting you with this decree of fate, like whatever difficulty is happy, happening to you, it's written. So it's part of your fate. So he's saying that this fate, so uh, call this fate, call this decree, call this your providence, right? Your, uh, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. This is all coming from the same one who's also generally, normally accustomed you to having a, a, for, for his good choice. Which basically means that aren't you generally benefiting and having sh gifts showered upon you? Having your, the fact that we've in, even been in the, uh, we are even in this world and we have a Rabb and a Lord and um, he's looking after us and our tarbiyah is being done, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has brought us up to this stage and allowed us to benefit from this world and, and, and so on and so forth. He, he's the same one who's actually giving you these difficulties. They're not coming from two different sources. It's not as if the good comes from Allah, so then, okay, that's when we thank Allah and when, it, when it's difficult, it's coming from the shaitan. No, not, not, not at all. Everything comes from Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the wise one. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows exactly what he's doing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already predetermined and decided how everything is going to be because based on his nature of uh, based on his knowledge of what he knows about everybody and then his just absolute ability to make a choice regarding everything so it's all coming from the same place now in other words what this is telling you is that the only way for you to have these difficulties be lightened and be tolerable and be easy and then not just that it's not just about tolerating them and moving on oh okay that's done and not getting anything out of it. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, uh, is, is a lot more profound and generous than that. He, want, he, he knows difficulties will come. He wants us to tolerate them and deal with them and have patience on them. But then he wants them to be a rewarding. He wants them to be rewarding for us. So this is what's telling us that if you correct your perspective, all the difficulties, not only will you learn to tolerate them and deal with them and surmount them and overcome them and leave them behind, but you'll actually be able to take a lot, of, a lot of spoils of war, a lot of good, a lot of reward you can carry out of it. So when you started, the difficulty suddenly came upon you. You 
only had a certain amount of rewards, good deeds, status with Allah. And if you deal with this mountain that's about, that you're about to climb, that you're about to ascend, that you need to cross, if you do it right, with the right perspective, then when you get over the top and you get to the other side, you'll be much better off. You'll have greater rewards, you'll have more deeds to your name, you'll be higher up and you'll be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what Allah is telling us, that once you recognize where this is coming from, and that it's all coming from Allah, and He has a purpose, and my job, and I've got a responsibility here. So that's the thing, it's about knowing the responsibility. So there's actually, humans have a responsibility when we have good in our lives, and we also have a responsibility when we have difficulties in our life. It's not like when you're in Islam, even when you're sick, you still have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to our body, that we're going to try to find some kind of cure or we're going to try to take some precautions. So when you're, when you're sick and ill, you know, you don't want to be meeting people like in the whole COVID thing. You have to take those precautions. In every state that we have, we have responsibilities. You know, we are responsible beings. We're called mukallaf, right? The, the concept of taklif is mentioned in the Quran. Allah has made us responsible by being human beings, the, the highest of all creation. Being able to subjugate other animals. We, that comes with responsibilities. Being a vice-chairman, the vice-chairman of Allah on this earth, specially selected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be sent prophets to. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen us, but that gives us responsibilities. So when you're sick, you're not just going to give it all up. You still have responsibilities. We still have to pray as far as possible. The only time you don't have to pray is if you're completely paralyzed and you can't move anything. That's generally the situation. Or you're sleeping for over 24 hours, then you, meaning you're in a coma rather for 24 hours, not sleeping. If you're in a coma for over 24 hours, then those five salats become canceled on you. But otherwise, we have to pray. We still have responsibilities, just like we have response to try to find a cure and not uh, afflict somebody else possibly. So likewise, when we, any difficulty, that any other difficulty, which is not necessarily a sickness or an illness, it's a loss of something. It's just a parent who's oppressing you. There's some people who are going through oppression, oppression through their parents. For years, a guy called me, he's 31 years old, and he's going through oppression through his parents. I said, You're, I said where do you live? He said, I still live with my parents. So I said, why don't you move? I don't have the money to move. I said, you're the loser in this case. You are as much to blame. You need to move out. Maintain a relationship with your parents, with an oppressive parent, because there are, unfortunately, there are oppressive parents, unfortunately. Right? We can't discount that idea. So there's still respect to parents. But that doesn't mean that you need to be with them to take the blows all the time if they don't really need you to be serving them. That's a different issue anyway. So... Go find another place, work hard, and stop living off them, right? Stop living off them, and then keep saying that they're oppressing you. Go, make your own life, and be close to them. And you'll see that your life will improve that way. So sometimes we bring on difficulties to ourselves anyway. So we have to obviously look at that. But what this is saying is that, ayyuhal insan, human, you know, when any kind of difficulty reaches you, afflicts you, 
or any other kind of test comes upon you, either in your body, in your family, in your wealth, your car was stolen, or something, car broke down, the engine packed up, then this is maybe the difficult part, that remember, just think, who brought this upon you? It's like, are we being negative here? We're trying to remember Allah as though Allah is the one who's afflicting you. Do we have to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like that? No, the purpose of it is different. It's not to say, it's Allah, so let's blame Him. He's the one who's doing all of these things. That's not the idea. That's not a believer. Right? That's completely the opposite. Subhanallah, you know, there are people who have that kind of awareness of Allah. That whenever something wrong happens, they think, why Allah only me? Ajib. You know, there's some people who don't remember Allah at all. They, when there's a difficulty, they're like trying to find out who can help them. They don't think of Allah at all. And then some people, if they do think of Allah, they think of Him negatively. Why me? Why did Allah do this to me for? Why did He cause me this suffering? Why is it always me? That's pure shaitan. To, to try to break that link between you and such. Have you never seen where sometimes you've had this idea that somebody did something to you and you put all of your aggression against them when you actually discovered that it was actually somebody else, this person had absolutely nothing to do with it. This is just a massive plot of shaitan to, to spoil and adulterate and corrupt your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No, the awareness you need about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's going to be positive is that, look, this is Allah behind this. And He is the kind and generous one. He's the compassionate one. He loves the believers. Allah looks after the believers. Wallahu waliyul mu'mineen. Allahu waliyul ladheena amanu. Allah takes care of them. Allah is the Rabb. That's His name. He does the tarbiyah, which means He looks after them and nurtures them. How can He do that to me? There's a reason for it. So, <clears throat> so now just remember first who caused this to come upon you and then remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rahim, Allah is merciful, He's compassionate and Allah has love and Allah, has comp uh, and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cares for you then after that it's an exercise once you think of it that way positively like that then you will start to realize what benefit there is in this difficulty. That there may be some benefit, some gifts that are wrapped up in this difficulty that comes upon you. That's, this is a way to understand this. this has, if this didn't happen, I would have done that instead. If my car did not break down, I was going to go and do that and then, alhamdulillah, this was all averted. Sometimes that will come later. That, I, that realization will come later. Now, if nothing else, if you can't see any big wisdom of an aversion of a bigger calamity or anything like that, that's fine. At the least, there are definitely some things happening by default. If you got it right, if you got the perspective right. If there was nothing else in it except just purifying you from your sins. Because one of the most powerful purifiers, like a steaming machine or something like that, is sabr in difficulty. One is tawbah, tawbah, repentance. And the other one to get closer to Allah and to be purified is just connecting with Allah when a difficulty happens to really show your, your affinity, your connection to Allah. That creates purity 
from sin. That's like a washing machine. وَتَمْحِيسُكَ مِنَ الْعُيُوبِ And purifying you, correcting you from defects. How do you get corrected from defects when you have a difficulty? A lot of, a lot of in fact, there's a huge benefit in that. Because your ego gets injured. When people have difficulties, they're no longer those proud and arrogant and self-confident narcissistic individuals. They realize their difficulty. They realize their weakness. They realize their vulnerability. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just taking away what's going to be harmful to you by making you think and reflect. And above that, another benefit is تَقْرِيبُكَ مِنْ حَضْرَةِ عَلَّامِ الْغُيُوبِ He's making you closer to the one who knows all of the unseens, who is the most profound knower, the omniscient one of all the unseen things. So now you're crossing this mountain, you're crossing this ocean in front of you, which is the difficulty. You have to get to the other side. But mashallah, these are the treasures you pick up on the way. Purification from your sin, purification and correction, reformation of your defects, especially psychological uh, spiritual defects and number three bringing you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if that was all that you get out of difficulties isn't it sufficient Lakafa, that would be sufficient when people are playing Fortnite, they're, they're picking up stuff to survive they get stronger they have to be revived they have to eat I don't know cabbage and stuff like that I don't know some crazies I, I, I watch it I see some people playing it's a bit crazy I don't know if you guys play Fortnite. Right, alhamdulillah. Right. Um, the only thing good about it, it doesn't have music. You can shut the music off. That's a good. Otherwise, all these other games are crazy. Right. So you're picking up stuff. In a lot of these games, it's about picking up stuff and reward and going over. That's why it's like humans love this to pick up things on the way, benefit on the way. Here you are. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala puts the difficulty. You have to. You have to deal with this now. If only games that they created, like Fortnite or whatever, could actually teach you. Lessons in life. Why doesn't think? I don't know why anybody doesn't think that way. That okay, make a game that has lessons in life that can actually teach you some real life lessons. Problem with this, I know my kids were playing this car game where you where you have to bash the cars off or something like that. So we're driving like in real life, and it's like just bash him off. I said this is not the game. This is not the game. It's an, it was on the Nintendo Wii. What's that? Sonic or something, right? It's called. It's like, that's not, that's not the real life. So subhanAllah, somebody needs to think about creating a game that's so immersive, but has some real life uh, positive benefits. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Yeah, there's a lot of people that keep questioning why, you know, why are we in this? What, you know, what can Islam do? And these guys are you know, gaming people and these guys are programmers and everything. Think right, think correctly and, and do something with the expertise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. So the one who has now confronted you, right, whose might has confronted you with this difficulty, he is the same one who has given you all the blessings in life. So from coming from the same source, the one who's confronted you with all of these difficulties, he's the same one from whom comes all goodness, all kindness, everything that you wear, you eat, and you've done, and you've achieved, and you've enjoyed in this world. The one who is now bringing up 
and confronting you with these apparent difficulties, these apparent tests, he's the one who also can shower you amidst all of this with great goodness and great gifts and benefits. That's why there was a, a poet who says, Which basically means that pains and difficulties and, and griefs, they are a source of pleasure for me when I know that you're the one who is making me undergo them. And if you are going to, if you're going to test me, then that is fine. I have many, many ways of dealing with this in many, many forms. Because I am, at the end of the day, my job, my state is that I'm, basically, I am the one who is a faqir, who's the needy one, who has to be obedient to the master of all love. So that's our state with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Junaid al-Baghdadi rahimahullah, he said that one day I was sleeping close to As-Sari As-Saqati. Now these are two of um, these great ascetics and awliya of the past that pretty much everybody recognizes. Their words have just proliferated through all the books after and everybody's benefited from them in the path of spirituality. So they're together, As-Sari As-Saqati and Junaid al-Baghdadi said I was sleeping close to him and then he woke me up he woke me up and he said to me Junaid I've just seen a dream and I've seen as though I'm standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah then addresses me and he says Sari I created people I created all creation and all of them claim to be Lovers, all of them claim my love. So then what I did, they all claimed my love. So I created the dunya. So nine-tenths, 90% ran away from my love. Only at one-tenth were less. Only one-tenth were left. So then I created paradise. And nine-tenths of those that were left, of those 10%, 9%, another 9%, or 90% of, the ten, of that last 10%, they disappeared. How do you disappear because of paradise? Because your focus becomes paradise and not Allah anymore, which is another pitfall. So I, I am left with, he said, he's telling this to Sari, addressing Sari, this is Sari al-Saqati's dream, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving him this information. So now I've got this, 1% left of the original 100%. So then I afflicted them with just an iota, an infinitesimally small amount of difficulty and a test. So now another 90% disappeared. This atu a'shari al ushr. So then Whoever's now left, which I forget what the calculation is of those who are left. It is not, you've not intended the dunya. You didn't run to the world. You didn't 
run to paradise and just focused on the akhirah in that sense. And neither did you run away from the test and hellfire. What do you want now? What, what are you guys? Everybody else, they found something to run to and they found some attraction. What is wrong with you people? So they said, You know exactly what we want. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to them, I'm going to cause, I'm going to cause to come upon you such difficulties and tests and trials that will be to the amount of your number of your lives. And it is something that not even mountains, huge, firmly grounded, firmly settled mountains could confront. Would you still be patient? Would you still remain? So they said, if it is you in kunta antal mubtali, if you're the one who is going to be afflicting us, fafal mashit, go ahead and do whatever you want. So then he said, Ha'ulai ibadi haqqan, these are my true servants. Now that sets a very high bar. Let that not make us despondent that we can't reach that level. We're going to try, inshallah, to reach that level. And the way you start is that if we can deal with more difficulties than less. So before, if we would just freak out with every little test that comes and think it's against us and, and so on, we need to start surmounting the smaller ones, the bigger ones, and inshallah, one day it will come to a time when you will be relaxed. You'll have some grief, but it will not make you freak out. Ibn Ata'illah, in another book of his, he says, What helps these people, these same people, this small minority of people or whatever they are, what helps them, what helps them to deal with and tolerate and overcome these difficulties and see them in the right way, right, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened the door of understanding for them. And that's all you need. You need understanding. Right, you need understanding. All the psychologists, the therapists will tell you when they deal with people with weird mental issues, they try to change their mind, their perspective. Because a lot of people have skewed their perspective for different reasons, through trauma, through having bad experiences, and so on and so forth. So they try to get them to think aright again and think more positively. There's so many books out there about thinking positively. Thinking positively. So that's what he's trying to do. So he's saying, in another words, you could also say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is strengthening them, will strengthen you on tolerating your difficulties and tolerating your, your tests and giving you gifts. You can say it another way, he says, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gets you to understand and comprehend the various different things that will happen in destiny, that this is all happening because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows it's happening. And this is all the choice of Allah. Nothing is beyond the choice of Allah. It's not shaitan doing this. It's, it's coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But shaitan can affect the way you think about this. Also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to know that He knows and He is aware of what's happening to you. So, that way, you'll understand that you're in good hands. When you know that the difficulty is, there must be a reason for why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to know that if you are patient in this, this will 
help you to get to the next stage of being satisfied with his decree, which is the highest state. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also wants you to know that if you, if you do deal with these difficulties in the correct way and you have the right patience, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you a lot more basira. Allah will grant you a lot more insight. You'll become a lot more wiser and you'll know why things happen a lot more than, than being veiled like in the past. And above all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, eventually you'll also start seeing the benefits of why these difficult comes, difficulties come. So it's going to have to be a progression as you see. Right? You'll eventually you have to understand, understand Allah will open it up more and more and more. But you have to get ready to deal with these in the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants, wants you to do it. That's why the next aphorism here, which we're not going to look in detail at today, it's for next time, but he says, مَنْ ظَنَّ إِنْفِكَاكَ لُطْفِهِ عَنْ قَدَرِهِ فَذَلِكَ لِقُصُورِ النَّظَرِهِ We'll look at that one next time. Whoever supposes that Allah's gentleness is separate from his decree of fate, that when he's challenging you in some way, when he's testing you in some way, whenever his decree is occurring upon you, that that doesn't have any of his gentleness and compassion, then anybody who thinks like that is doing that out of short-sightedness. You just haven't understood Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why the dhikr of Allah, repeating the name of Allah, thinking about Allah is going to help us with difficulties of the dunya. So I'm going to read to you what Sheikh Abdullah Gangohi says as a conclusion of this in commentary. He says, when you keep in mind that the misfortunes that befall you are from Allah Most High, the worldly causes having absolutely no significance in this regard. Yes, it was that guy who did it to you. It was that person who smashed in your car. It was that person who said this to you. But remember, behind all of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. So the worldly causes have absolutely no significance in this regard. They're just tools. So don't put your aggression against that person. Right? Then grief and sorrow will be lessened. When you realize the bigger picture, you're like, okay, right, I understand this. You will realize that the being who has afflicted you with the misfortunes is the same being who has always acted for your welfare in all your affairs. Until now he looked after you. You've just come across this small difficulty. Or maybe you've got more difficulties, but there's been all lots of good things that have happened in your life. He has always treated you with love and kindness. Now, of course, if there's a person who's had so many difficulties, it's probably because they've been making some big mistakes and they're not dealing with it the right way. Like I said, there's a person who's stuck in his house and who's not willing to stand on his own feet even though they're over 30 years old. Right? And that's as much as I know. Maybe there's some other reasons which I don't know. In view of Allah's kind and loving treatment in all your affairs, you will understand that there most certainly is some benefit for you in the hardship. There's people, they can't get married. In 10 years, I can't get married. I can't find the right person. You need to really go to somebody and think of the way you're looking at this. I just can't see why you can't get married. There's no women around. There's no men around. There's so many women men around. It's just you've got some weird way of looking at this. So go and think for yourself to change the way you're looking at things go and talk to somebody somebody more reasonable more you know who's got some experience of why do you think there is what's my perspective you know tell them the options you did have and why you why you because I, I that's what I was like what options did you have I said oh that was that problem. maybe you're just being overly sensitive there's some people I can't get my daughter married that's just surmounting my head for the last three four years Either you're, doing, you're not doing something the right way, but you should definitely not be grieving. That's a test from Allah, right? 
That's a test from Allah. You need to be trying in every way. That's why our mashayikh, they tell us that, you know, I remember once there was a difficult, there was a project that I wanted to do, but it was proving very difficult. So the shaykh said, look, you just carry on your efforts. You have to carry on the efforts of the world in the right way, in an intelligent way, in a strategic way. But at the same time, read Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil as well. So don't just sit and read Hasbunallahu wa ni'mal wakil and just sit back and not do anything. Or do things in the wrong way. You have to do things in the right way. And sometimes we may be doing things in the wrong way for many, many years and we don't realize it. Go and ask somebody else how they did it. Get some help. Get somebody to scrutinize the way we're doing something. Inshallah, that will be of benefit. So, in view of Allah's kind and loving treatment in all your affairs, you will understand that there most certainly is some benefit for you in the hardship. While ostensibly the hardship appears to be a misfortune, in reality it is for your benefit. In fact, it is a mercy for you. We've detailed all of that already, that these are the benefits that you get from the rays of status, purification, correction. When this knowledge develops into a state in you, so you see, all of this has to become a state, not just something that, oh man, I wish I'd, that was a difficulty, I freaked out, I shouldn't have done that. State means that when it happens, that is your organic and natural way that you will deal with it. That will only come with practice. right? That will only come with practice. So when this knowledge develops into a state in you, your worry and grief will disappear. Although the hardship will produce pain to your physical body, or to your physical heart. So you will be pained. You know, you may have been wounded, so there will be pain, right? There will be difficulty that you'll have to get up in the morning to go and take your car to the mechanic on a Sunday morning because you need it for Monday. You need it, you need it for Monday. There will be difficulty. It's not like it's all going to be now, okay, the angels are going to come and sort everything out for you. No, you will still have to do it. But in your heart, you will not freak out. You'll be very calm. That's the benefit of this. Your spiritual heart will become contented and delighted. So we ask Allah to do this because I think this is so profound. This is so profound. So many people, because we're dealing with these, you know, we're dealing with these kind of questions on a day-to-day -day basis. Some people are just miserable in their life, especially during the COVID, because they just think that everything is against them. Allah does not love them. And it's all about just correcting that idea to look at things positively, to increase our remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, inshallah, when this becomes a state, the difficulty will happen and immediately you'll know what to do. Not after you freak out and then you talk to somebody and say, well, you should have been a bit patient. Yeah, I know, I should have been a bit patient. You will be patient. So we ask Allah for tawfiq. We ask Allah for tawfiq. Allah, make this easy for us. Allah, open this up for us. Allah, facilitate this for us. It's, it's not easy, obviously, for some people, especially when it's been years and years of trauma, years and years of difficulty. So may Allah make it easy for us. But that is the only thing that's going to get you out of this. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salamu tabarak ya adhal jalali wa ikram. Allahumma ya hayu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghith. Allahumma ya hannan ya mannan la ilaha illa ant subhanaka inna kunna minal zalimin. اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم يا فارج الهم ويا كاشف الغم يا أرحم الراحمين يا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المعطين يا أرحم الراحمين يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا معدن الجود والكرم يا الله have mercy upon us forgive us oh Allah purify us Oh Allah, correct us. Oh Allah, reform us. 
Oh Allah, shower us with your mercy. Oh Allah, shower us with your generosity. Oh Allah, above all, grant us all-encompassing forgiveness for every misdeed we have committed. Oh Allah, the small and the large, those we have forgotten especially, and those, of course, that we remember. Oh Allah, but especially those that are now part of our life and we no longer consider them sins anymore. Give us the ability to extract ourselves and extricate ourselves from these. Oh Allah, we ask you for a life of purity and taqwa. We ask you for a life of understanding, a life of awareness of you, a life of correct understanding of what happens in this world, a life of basira, a life that is full of good, a life that is full of those things which make you happy. Oh Allah, make us the way you want us to be. Oh Allah, we can't do this ourselves. We try in the morning, but we fail by the evening. We start in the evening, we have failed by the morning. Oh Allah, if you do not hold on to us, if you do not grip us, and if you do not stabilize us, oh Allah, we will be destroyed. Oh Allah, for you it's just a decree. For us it's a, li it's a life full of toil. It's, oh Allah, for you it's just a decree. Grab us by the forelocks and enter us into paradise. Enter us into your satisfaction. Oh Allah, allow us to do those things which satisfy you. Make your obedient beloved to us. Oh Allah, make your disobedience hated in our sight. Oh Allah, this will help us. Oh Allah, this will help us. Oh Allah, this is the way of the world that when others need help, then there's someone who assists them. Oh Allah, we know you have every power. Oh Allah, we have, you have every mercy. Oh Allah, that you have everything at your disposal. Oh Allah, grant us assistance. Oh Allah, make us worthy of your assistance. Remove this pandemic from us. Oh Allah, remove these difficulties, this change in the world. Oh Allah, allow us to take heed and a lesson from this. Oh Allah, this huge mountain, this huge ocean that we are having to cross, that we're having to surmount. Oh Allah, allow us to have the right tools and pick up the right things on the way so that when we come out of this, oh Allah, that we will be better than when we entered it. Oh Allah, when we come out of this pandemic, that will be better than we entered it. Oh Allah, do not let us perish on the way. O oh Allah, do not let us perish on the way. Those who have passed away, O oh Allah, those who have departed from us. O oh Allah, we ask, we know that they've departed exactly on their times that were allotted for them. COVID was just an excuse. O oh Allah, grant us, uh, grant us beautiful patience. O oh Allah, nearly everyone here knows someone who has been afflicted or who has passed away. O oh Allah, grant us beautiful patience. O oh Allah, make us worthy, 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 people that they have left behind so that we can be a source of sadaqah jariyah for them. Oh Allah, your messenger sallallahu has told us that when somebody dies, then their deeds become stopped and suspended. Oh Allah, but there are a few things that continue and one of them is a righteous son who prays for them. Oh Allah, make us of those righteous sons or righteous children, righteous relatives, righteous friends who will pray for their friends who have been deceased, pray for their family members who have been deceased. O oh Allah, and make it such that when we die also, that we have, we have inspired people to make dua for us. We've left a legacy as well. O oh Allah, accept us for the service of your deen. O oh Allah, make us keys for goodness. Accept our coming here today and listening to this. And O oh Allah, forgive our mistakes and shortcomings. O oh Allah, send your abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.